Blog Talk Radio. podcast featuring Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay, two out-of-the-room-closet professional witches with over 70 years combined experience of making magic. This is a show on the LMC Radio Network. During each show, Elvira and Phoenix will help you create rituals, make spells, make potions, and much more besides. They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. Here we go. Yay! We made it. It's been a a week. It's been a week. you know that I found out one thing that totally kind of tripped me is that, yeah, we've got Mercury going, has gone direct, but we had Jupiter go retrograde on April 10th. Right. Not only, and so, of course, that's, you know, the money planet, that's expansion, all that stuff, whoop-de-doo, you know, even more. But it's the ruler of my house, my, my sun sign. So I'm like, oh, joy, oh, joy, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. So, and then you add some of the other things, and I'm going, okay, I get it. Not that I am really up for this, but I guess I'll just muddle through. But how was your week? Ah, well, let's see. I don't know. Well, it was my birthday on Monday. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. So there was not a show last week because uh, my partner surprised me and took me out of town, and um, told all of my previous obligations that I wasn't going to be there. So that was weird. Um, I had <laughs> all kinds of things scheduled. And then he's like, okay, pack a bag, we're going. And I was like, but I have this appointment and this appointment, and I have a radio show. And he was like, yeah, you don't anymore. So that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I will so I will admit that he did um... – he did call and, and gave me fair warning, which I appreciated. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, that's good. Yeah, we so had a good ha- time. It was it, it was nice to get away. Um, you know, far enough away that I wasn't like attached to checking work or whatever, and and not so far that I was nervous about someone not being able to get a hold of me. You know, that's kind of the sweet right. spot for me. Um, and mm-hmm, we. Mm-hmm. It, 
We ate really delicious meals. I got a massage. We wandered around, you know, went into all the little shops in the downtown area and played tourists. And and then we went off to the next big city and got tattoos. And it was really fun. I had a really good time, which was nice because, you know, I turned 41 this year. So last Mm -hmm. year when I turned 40, I had an absolute shit birthday. It was like the worst. So it was nice Mm -hmm. to kind of... he really wanted to make up for last year not being a good day at all. So that was really sweet. We had a really good time. Oh, uh, and I've nice. just been doing my regular work this week. I had a class last night that was so fun and working on my book. Yes, yeah, just been a regular week, but I'm feeling mm-hmm. rejuvenated from my time away. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. How about and I you? hear that, well, I. Mine was tough. It was a. It was a. <laughs> it was a very tough week. Um, yeah. It it had some real like, the moment you you get started in your week, um, there were just things at. Uh, how do I want to put this tactfully? At my day job, that kind of went sideways a little bit, and the frustration was there, but. Um, believe it or not, I actually got everything all on track by the end of the, my time at that location. Um, mm-hmm. Something changed dramatically with um, our uh, yearly uh, commitment that you and I normally do for Casa Grande and Petaluma as a high school there, the mm-hmm. Project Grad Night. Your daughter is graduating, so we obviously yeah. knew you weren't going to be there. So I was, you know, kind of anticipating getting someone. And then, of course, as you know, things always come, they go, they go up, they go down. It, you know, but finally things stabilized and, and I felt good about that midweek. And um, I was, <laughs> you know, I it just think like, hi, I got an appointment to have somebody come out and give me an estimate to power wash the outside of my mobile and clean my gutters. And that was this morning, and he called me um, about an hour before he was supposed to be here and said, I'm sorry, something has come up. Can we reschedule it for tomorrow? And I'm like, no, I have commitments (laughs) for tomorrow. Oh, you know, and so we kind of hemmed and hawed and got somebody, you know, we did get a time where it did work. I found that. Um, We're supposed to have our water turned off in our park, you know, they – Last week they did this. The city of Santa Rosa, bless their little hearts, decided to tell us that we needed to have our water here turned off because they were going to do some upgrades outside on, you know, outside the park, but they had to turn us off. And so we all got, you know, ready for that because it was it's a two-hour thing, but, you know, it was morning and it wasn't early morning, but it was morning. So we needed to make sure we had everything in place before we lost our water. Never happened. It was like 10 o'clock. 10.05, 10.20, you know, we oh, can no. flush toilets, we can, and that was a bummer, okay, so then yeah. they, they say, okay, well, here we go, we're going to do it next week, so I thought, this was, again, because I was off, I thought it was yesterday, so I had my roomie and everybody all ready to go, and it turned out it was not that day, and then when it yeah. turned out to be today, <laughs> Santa Rosa never did show up either. So this one was like 8 o'clock in the morning, they're going to turn it off. So we're all up at 6 trying to make sure we had everything taken care of that needs water, um, you know, and it didn't happen. So I was kind of like, okay. So it in in the things of ways of handling the situation, um, 
things came up. They they caused you know ruckus, and then somehow they they kind of filter around and and kind of moved out of the way. Um, I had something before we get started. One more thing. I'm obviously going to be moving out of the area, and I have. Um, there's a, a website that you can look for real estate, and I've had this in for a while. And there's a place that is called, you know, Eureka Springs. It's beautiful. It's like Sausalito married Guerneville. So for those of us, if you're moving to a very red state, you're going, oh, my God, this is great, you know. Um, but it happens to be a little farther away from my family that I really would like it. So I've kind of mixed that idea just in terms of living, something came up. I kid you not. It was this incredible place for twenty thousand wow. um, dollars. I know. I sat there and honestly, my brain went twenty thousand dollars. Oh my god! So I did yeah. some digging. I had another friend do some digging. They dropped it to seventeen thousand because it was a foreclosure, and the bank has it. But now it's seventeen thousand, and I went through all the permeations of looking at it, and you know, checking it out, and I found out it's well. What it is is it's a slash Oakmont, which is a, a high-end line retirement community in our area, plus a timeshare. So it's it's a combo, and. Oh. Um, it, it, I had a lot of, you know, like I really did my work and I came up with, you know, the reason I'm trying to move 2,500 miles away from where I have lived for, you know, decades and decades and decades is to be near my daughter and my granddaughter. And obviously this presented me with, it would not be a place I would be close to them. I would be in the area. I would be available to come and go. But I want to be part of the, you know, I want to be able to babysit. I want to do these things. And unfortunately, it wouldn't be possible. So I walked away from it, which is kind of weird because when I moved up here, I did the complete opposite. And we got a house that was for a new family with a baby on the way, totally impractical. It was an all-electric house. The first electric bill, because it was on well, it was, you know, as I say, all-electric. It was an A-frame, so it most of the heat wound up at the peak. It was $800. I had never yeah. had an $800 electric bill in my life. I was hysterical. So, <laughs> this, you know, this presented me with, I learned to do my due diligence to really take a look and see what it was that I wanted to do, which I think was, you know, for me – it was a, a moment where I feel good about what I did. Like, you know, we were talking briefly before the show that you don't want to nix something that you do spell work on, that you want to move right. things. You don't want to say no to something that may not necessarily always be, you know, what you thought you were going to want to do or do. And yep. this one was learning to say no to the appropriate thing as opposed yeah. to running out down the road. So with that right. – um, we should jump into our our, um, our subject matter, which our I topic. think is mm-hmm. our topic. I keep thinking hot topic, and all I see is you know hot little topic. preteen clothes. Oh my hey, god! I love hot topics. <laughs> I understand. I do too. Believe it or not, I you know I just I make fun of it, but yeah, that's you know I won't it. give up my youth. <laughs> Never. 
Never, never. Okay, so mm-hmm. ours are magical, mystical, uh, legendary beasts. So um, yes. what what do you want to start with? We've got, you know, definitions we can go with. We have, you know, different ones we can chat about. Um, I let you take yeah. the direction on this one. Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, it's an interesting concept, magical creatures, because there's different layers of looking at it. And, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of work around fae and spirits of place and spirits of the land and things of that variety. And I almost feel like magical creatures can fit into that umbrella concept. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. even in saying that, I could probably argue the opposite argument, too, that they're not part of that umbrella. So I think it's an interesting, an overall interesting concept. Are they real? Were they real? Were they, you know, um, flesh and, and bone at some point? There, it was, you know, one of the things I find interesting, for example, about dragons is that there are dragon myths in many different cultures across the planet. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And if we want to work with dragons or we want to work with unicorns or we want to work with uh, phoenixes, so, you know, firebirds are all over the planet too, are we working with an imaginary creature? Are we working with a spirit creature? Or are we working with an ancestral creature that once existed uh, and is now mm-hmm. extinct and we just don't have evidence of it ever really existing? We can't even begin mm-hmm. to imagine the creatures that have gone extinct across the lifetime of our planet, you know? So I think it's right. an interesting topic. And it's not something I do a lot of work with. Like I have a phoenix relationship because of you know, my name and everything. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't have like a personal practice with dragons or griffins or, you know, mermaids or anything like that. Although I am curious about it and I am interested when other people talk about their relationships. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. yeah. I, I, and it's in, it's interesting because, you know, with, and it, it's funny because we were joking when we picked this topic about, you know, the the Harry Potter um, two ones magical, you know, what is it, the magical beasts. Anyway, it was it's the newest oh, right. version of the the Harry Potter uh, series, and uh, you look at that, and these are these are things, of course, that they have CG'd in, and it's all great and wonderful. But believe it or not. These are the things that we are, you know, looking at right now in terms of this topic and the different things. And I guess I feel, I feel they're real. They're real mm-hmm. in the way that the deities are real to me. This is to me. Um, yeah. That I I feel very strong about their energies, uh, good and bad. I mean, you know, we we got, you know, things that aren't always, you know, super great. I mean, heavens, Christians have got demons, and they definitely have a, you know, their own, like, thing that's described and real and, and you know, all that. So um, to say that these may have lived in physical mm-hmm. form, um, yeah, probably along with Lemuria and Atlantis and any of the other right. things that we have no way to uh, – to bring physical reality to us, to say this is a fossil, this is a, you know, whatever that physically existed, um, you know, or by the way, we, we actually got an interview with Bigfoot, you know, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. 
can't right. quite go there. But um, you know, they're they're just part of you know, they're they're creatures from mythology and folklore and you know we have different kinds and a lot of them a lot of it I think was graphically brought up in the medieval times. I think they really they really promoted the 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 process of those legendary creatures that they brought forward and um talked about and the folklore was people they 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 were it was different it was a part of different stories and different mm-hmm. experiences whereas when you get to medieval times they're they're making paintings they're doing all these these graphic things and then they have stories that they have created um that embellish it. So yeah. I kind of look at it going, wow, I'm, I'm excited if, you know, if you've got half human, half, you know, my, my Sagittarius is a centaur. Hey, gosh, golly, gee whiz, a half human, half, mm-hmm. you know, human torsoed body on top of a horse. Well, okay, we can bring logic to bear and say people saw people, you know, riding on these creatures and then they just sort of made them up or they really were there and this was something that, eventually left the physical plane and went into um, an alternate, you know, an alternate plane, a plane that is energy. So yeah, that's, that's kind of how I view the, the whole process of are they real or aren't they? I mean, to me, they are, mm-hmm. they are real. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And um, a lot of what I, there's a book written by DJ Conway and I know uh, uh, DJ Conway, some of her writings are, not problematic and like that she was you know racist or homophobic or anything like that but some of her writing is a little bit in more on the the woo side and less Mm -hmm. academic and i and that's okay Mm -hmm. similarly i like a nice balance of woo and academic i like to know sources of things and if that source was oh elvira said this yesterday that doesn't mean it's any less valid than someone wrote it down (laughs) 100 years ago i just like sources so so DJ Conway is complicated when it comes to things like that, but she wrote a book called Dancing with Dragons in the 90s, and it was it still is very popular. Um, and because mm-hmm. it was so popular, she went on to write a second book. I think they're called Magical Magical Creatures, Magical Mystical, Mystical Creatures, um, and it's about all of these other creatures that you can work with it from the spirit realm. And the way that she describes it, which makes sense to me is that they're astral beings or you know, mm-hmm. the way I might describe it is that I would, I don't know that I would necessarily say they were astral beings, but that they are on a different plane, like the Fae or like deities. They have their own realm that is, mm-hmm. you know, connected to ours in, in certain soft spots, so to speak. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and her, the book's pretty interesting because it goes through, it's like an encyclopedia of mystical creatures. And some of them, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say, I, I don't know that I would lump in the magical creatures because I would say they were fae. Like, she's got brownies in there. To me, the brownies yeah, are fae. Yeah. But I think yeah, that's a blurry yeah. line. What's a fae and what's a magical beast? Is a, is a fae a magical beast? I don't know. I think that's a hard question to answer. Um, yeah. Because there's so many. I know. I know. I know. There's like, um, you were talking about authors. I have J.C. Cooper and symbolic and mythological animals and it's you know again it's a it's not really it's a dictionary of all of these and drawings and i mean all kinds of of different 
beasts and animals that were part of it. And of course, um, it's, it, it does go with, you know, brownies and pixies mm-hmm. and, you know, different things that when you take them and move them into the, the fae and then you take them and move them into the elemental sections, then you kind of look yeah. at, you know, dividing it, you know, I guess it's like subcategorizing things. You know, you start out with a general and then you kind of do like your little diagram, like you, you know, it goes off and it shoots to that section and that section. But um, I actually have one that I had read this cover to cover because I have all these earmarks and it's called The Natural History, A Natural History, Dragons and Unicorns by Paul and Karen. It's K-A-R-I-N, John's Guard. And I mean, they go through it talking about the actual um, animals that really were that. And it's part of something we will discuss, I think, at the second half that this would fall in. It didn't say that this is what they did. They didn't put it down as per se. But it's interesting because when I was looking through my library, I found this and I remember reading it and feeling so akin to these these two creatures they were talking about. I'm like, wow. And I think the I don't think it was the first time, but it was something where I, I uh, began to look at something instead of a cute little My Little Pony unicorn, and, <laughs> which, of course, weren't necessarily, and I know that you know Twilight Sparkle will forgive me for that, um, but it, it became more in keeping with what I was doing when I felt drawn to the, the different those two different um, mythical beings. So, and of course, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they kind of always want to go like a mythical creature and then they go a monster renowned in folklore and myth. And they want to use the word monster. How do you feel about describing things arbitrarily as a monster? Yeah, I don't know that I like that. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I, I, I was reading like that and... Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no, go, go. I was just oh, uh-huh-ing. I feel like, you know, so last night the workshop I did was on Morgan Le Fay, right, who mm-hmm. we could easily say is a goddess, is a fey being, is queen of the of the other world. Like there's all of these things she could be, and she might be one of them and she might be all of them, right? But I think the, mm-hmm. the problem is our human need to describe her, right? And I think right. that, like, with these mystical, magical creatures, it's our human need to try and understand and describe things that we can't possibly understand or describe. And I think that's, mm-hmm. you know, the term monster. Mon- a monster is, a, is something scary, and you know, it's something that could beat you or harm you. And some of these things can, absolutely, but – and and things that you can't necessarily see with your normal eyes, that is scary. But I think that's mm-hmm. a negative connotation to something that isn't necessarily a negative being, you know? Right, right, right. See, and, and I know what a lot of times it was set up because, you know, you, when you actually talk, you know, it's kind of like, okay, we it's, it's a talking about a particular thing and taking it and using it as a way to scare people, i.e. scare mm-hmm. children. You know, why were fairy tales? Fairy tales weren't exactly the, you know, Cinderella stories that we see on 
Disney or even the revisited ones, um, they, they were all set up to keep mm-hmm. kids in line and, and make right. sure people didn't go off the deep end. And it continued as you got different stories about different um, magical beings about that, not just the gods and goddesses, you know, but the, the dynamic of these other energy patterns that existed. And, you know, of course, you know, we get them all from, you know, taking your, your spirit to, you know, by the way, it'll help you, but it takes, you know, you, you have to trade something, which, you know, mm-hmm. you think about it, don't we all have to trade something if we want something, whether it's money or services or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. So Absolutely. I get, you know, that's the case. But, um, yeah, I, I was just like, uh, and, of course, then from our more pagan traditions, our more um, earth-based traditions, the, the, the people that moved into the next level, um, I think a lot of the things, like, for instance, the unicorn became a symbol of, you know, it's funny because I was reading this and I'm going, I don't think I like that idea. But um, it was talking about um, it was a it was a uh, a way of talking about the, the the Jesus as an innocent, as a mm-hmm. you know that energy that created um, the and that's why it has to be a virgin and you know it has to be the, to do these things about the myth. And of course, the dragons were were representative of, you know, the the um, the evil or the dark side, the things that mm-hmm. you know uh, took you over, kind of a thing. So I I kind of went, nah, I don't, you know, I understand it intellectually. I don't resonate with it, but yeah, know, yeah, but um, so you know, and it's it's like, you know, the one of the things I found, and I know some of the, the things you get online is like, yeah, let's look it up and see what it is. And you go, oh, my God, really? That's what they're saying? Um, but it was, uh, they talk about animal spirits, which are animal deities and familiar mm-hmm. spirits, both supernatural entities believed to assist, you know, um, <laughs> to assist the, 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 the witches and cunning folk in their practices or a totem animal, worldly um, yeah. based yeah. You know, you have that, which are, you know, the everyday, the ones we see out in the world, along with the mythical, you know, they add it, right. they add, yeah. they add it. So just like, you know, you have a, a relationship with the Phoenix, um, yeah. which in, you know, this day and age, I don't, you know, think we got a Phoenix hanging out there anywhere, um, you know, seen. in, not that we've seen, but we, you know, <laughs> but if I had, you know, a, 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 a peacock, um, we know we're going to yep. find a peacock out there, by golly. Yep. And um, so I think they, they come into different, they, don't, they work in different ways with the, um, uh, of, you know, pagans, indigenous cultures, the Native Americans, the Aborigines. I mean, they all have these, these things that cross over from the world that we can touch and feel in. Uh, with yeah. animals and plants and as you know we've talked about you know and other things the the other parts of the spirit realm but um then there's these others you know it's funny mm-hmm. i worked for a um, <laughs> i worked for a man it was a corporate structure job but <laughs> his last name was griffin 
Mm. And I I kind of started, you know, and I came in as who I am, and I was kind of like, okay, so now you have the witch and the griffin, and they kind of look at me. <laughs> and um, but and he took his, I mean, he actually, though he was very Roman Catholic, he was an Irish Roman Catholic. He he took the process as very intriguing. He he had a open, more open mind, but he carried that name, so he had a different viewpoint. I think of what that meant, not just in his mm-hmm. religious viewpoint. So, um, but it's interesting, people come with those names. I mean, like my thought, yeah. well, where in, in your in your ancestral line did you wind up with Griffin? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it's so, interesting. And there is a power in names, you know, like Phoenix is not the name that my mother gave me when I was born. Uh, it's mm-hmm. the name that I took on, but I have a long relationship with the energy that uh, of that name like going back to Mm -hmm. high school um Mm -hmm. but there is something to that and how um how you work with magical beings i think is the same way you would work with an actual flesh animal being you know what is our properties how what uh what is its mythology what with an animal like a griffin or a hippogriff or a sphinx you know what are its parts? Like what animals came together to create it? And what do you know about those animals? You know, like one of the things mm-hmm. when you uh, work with animal spirits, like if, if one of the animals you work with is fox, then it's important to know mm-hmm. what foxes eat and to understand the, the story of the prey and, you know, the mm-hmm. predator-prey relationship. The same with a mythological creature. What, what is the predator and prey of that creature? Are there... Um, predators and prey of that creature. What are the, the parent beings? You know, so it's right. Um, it's another thing to understand the history of that creature and the culture it came from. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a nuance there too because, like we were saying earlier, there are dragons in cultures in many different parts of the world. So which style of dragon, which flavor of dragon is showing up for you? Is it a wyvern? Is it a Chinese dragon? And, you know, that's an ice dragon. There's so many different flavors. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's um, it, to have a mythological being begin to manifest or even to be curious about them. It, it's the beginning of a research project. <laughs> yes, a very big research project because, you know, it is, I mean, when you look at it, I mean, as I say, we, we kind of, what we see and what we feel, um, the energies are. Now, you and I both know, having done, you know, different kinds of spirit work and, and not just meditation, but spirit work and going in, is the energies of the beings, whether they're deities or they're these, you know, magical creatures, um, mythological uh, beings, they're big, they're huge. You get, you, you know, they're not cute little things. I mean, they may come out in that and we may show, you know, cute little things in the form that we um, we draw them or we, we sculpt them or they get made, but they're really big. I remember, it's funny because um, Phoenix doesn't necessarily know this. I think I've said it maybe once to her, um, but I find it interesting that I'm working with you as a person because uh, Phoenix was and has been a very large part of, of um, my spirit work with uh, a, a group of women. And uh, we did a, a shamanic 
ritual. And when I got, and I didn't look for this at all, but it came with this big, huge phoenix. And I mean, it was huge. I made mm-hmm. dragons look pathetic. And I'm like, whoa, you know, but it was big and it felt huge. And you just went, whoa. And it wasn't frightening in the, in a terrifying sense. I mean, it was very majestic and incredible, but I feel that that's what you get when you connect with them in the, in the spirit form, in the non-physical, what you, you see and feel and how you, you, you kind of bring it down to our human connection so that something like, you know, uh, a chimera or a basilisk, mm-hmm. which of course was made famous in Harry Potter, um, right. or more famous, I should say. Uh, the one thing that I did find which is fascinating is that even in, like, in the Judaic faith, they have the Leviathan and they have... Um, God, now I can't find it. But they have three magical, mythical creatures that represent the elements of water and air and mm-hmm. um, fire. And I was like, whoa. Because, you know, I mean, it was just one of those things I was reading. And I'm like, my goodness, look at that. That is incredible. For me, it's more that all, all the religions and all the cultures have these mythical, magical creatures out there. So yeah. I was like, yeah. So, but yeah, I was I was taken aback by that. I thought, well, I, I can I can say that on radio, and everybody will wonder what I <laughs> kind of like. Hmm, kind of a thing. So, <laughs> oh, it's the behemoth. That was it. The behemoth is is the um, is the land. Leviathan is the water, and Ziz. Z-I-Z is the primolar monster of the sky. Mm. Well, yeah, and, and we would... have that in, in Wicca and witchcraft, right? We have uh, Sylph, so I can never pronounce that word, Sylph and Mayanad. Yeah. yeah, and the, the Salamander. And, you know, we have our own elemental correspondences with these mythological creatures, you know. So right. that seems to be right. a thing that is definitely found in different faiths. And they, yeah. you know, they, they, different things. I think, and you know, when you talk um, about going into that one area of the Fae, I mean, you have the humanoid creatures. I mean, of course, you know the birds and you know the serpents, and then you kind of go with, you know, uh, like chimeras and hybrids, where they have, you know, massively put together different kinds of animals that, you know, suddenly become. Um, you know, something that they're talking about. And then they, they kind of start with like part human, but then they get to these others that they, they call humanoid in the, in the way they talk about it. If you're looking at lists or, or dictionaries of it. And those are the ones that I think you and I both feel are like questionable where you've got, you know, brownies and dwarves and elves right. and gnomes and things like that, that kind of fall more into the fae in our view yeah. or my view yeah. or the pagan view. Yeah. So, but um, I think we need to take a break. I don't know what time oh. it is, but it, it yes, <laughs> no, you're correct. So, All right. Well, we'll be right back. Okie dokie. You're listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LM. Stay tuned. 
as more magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Condorman Holly. Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain. Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse. Fridays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay. Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Whoopee! We're back! <laughs> I thought I'd be very enthusiastic. How's that for you know, that bringing light? very enthusiastic. <laughs> well, I was sitting here thinking... You know, I mean, there's so much in this. I mean, we have we can't possibly go creature by creature. I mean, it would be a whole literally it's a study unto itself. But um, and one of the things we've given is you've given a couple of different books. Um, I've given a couple. I know that um, there's Wikipedia on on uh, the Internet that that has like some of the 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 different ones that that go and I think for people to start looking at the different ones to see if any resonate because sometimes Mm -hmm. it's through that and then it's through you know I got this strange dream with this this be this animal kind of thing with you know um, wings and hooves and lion tail and it's you know that kind Mm -hmm. of thing and then you you find out that it's a hippogriff and you're like, Oh, you know, and you get a little feel for it and you do your research. Um, But what I wanted to say for the last half was something that uh, there's a part of me that kind of goes, okay. um, I understand people want to try to prove that things are real, but it's called cryptozoology and it's basically um, something that, it's a pseudoscience and a called a subculture, which I found interesting, that was basically started in the 50s by a zoologist, um, Bernard, he- okay, I'm going to, I hope I don't mess it, Hevel, Hevel Mons and Ivan T. Sanderson. And uh, from there, they basically went into this being these animals, these mythical, magical beings um, had real, like they were real. So we have mm-hmm. ones that we know a lot about, like Loch Ness Monster, Nessie, and um, Sasquatch, and, you know, the Yeti, and some of these others that have become, I think, more fixated on. But um, it's it, it was interesting when I started reading it, I'm going, okay, and and you know they definitely are at odds with the zoologists and mainstream um, science for obvious reasons because there is no the, the the way they go about trying to find the the uh, proof <laughs> is mm-hmm. not necessarily within the way the scientific community um, shall we say expects it, wants it, and feels that it's valid, but 
it is a field that is interesting. I mean, you know, I kind of read it and went, well, they call and they call them the animals crypt, um, cryptides, cryptids, cryptides. Cryptids. Am I saying yeah. it right? Yeah, yeah. Cryptids. Yeah. yeah crypt, cryptid, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of, I kind of look at that and go, oh, well, that's interesting. Um, what do you think about cryptozoology? Yeah, I think it's interesting. You know, it's, again, I think, like I said before, we definitely as humans want to give things titles and blah blah blah. And you know, there are those creatures that that are mythic, like the Loch Ness monster and Bigfoot and the Yeti, and and that there. I don't know that I necessarily believe anyone's going to go out and find them. But I would really uh-huh. love it if somebody did. <laughs> like if, if someone like, you know, actually found Nessie in the lock, I'd be like, hell yeah. But do I actually think that's going to happen? No, not really. You know, there, it appeals yeah. to the romantic part of me. Um, yeah. But I'm yeah. also, yeah. So I, you know, I, I don't know if I've said this on the radio show before. I'm sure I have. I'm a super skeptic, you know, you really, and which is hilarious because I believe in gods and fairies and shit, but you know, I think that, um, I think it's possible that many of these creatures we're talking about once existed. I think it's possible. I think it's likely, but do they still, eh, I don't know, but I appreciate that there's people who are dedicated enough to trying to prove that they do, that they've made a whole, um, science out of it, you know. Right, right, and and it uh, it's interesting because one of the other things that kind of goes along with this is what they call the young Earth creationist creation creationism, and what's become a again a, another sub a sub part of this process is that um, a subset is that it is about promoting. Uh, well, how do I want to put this? Rejecting conventional science in favor of a biblical interpretation and promoting concepts such as living dinosaurs. So, in in truth, what they're doing is the this particular subset is going out of their way to try and utilize this to prove that the Earth really wasn't created hundreds of millions of years ago. That kind of a thing. So, um, oh my God, that just makes me. I know. <laughs> yeah. I I knew if I brought it up, yeah, I would get. It was like I look at that and it's like, okay, come on, uh, anything in the you know we can find to 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 try and justify our belief systems instead of saying this is what I believe and 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 that's fine, you know, people do believe that. Why are we so concerned that we have to make everybody else believe it and that? goes into a whole big question that we don't need to get into, but um, right. well, I, I think kind for of... Me, there's a difference between a branch of science that, you know, maybe a questionable questionable branch of science, but what the at least what I've seen, because I know there's like Chasing Monsters, like a TV show, I, and I've yeah. had a few episodes of these different things, and it's the same with all the ghost hunting shows. These folks are at least attempting to use scientific means to study something that's kind of outside the bounds of science. I think mm-hmm. if you start trying to prove biblical theory, that's not using scientific means. So that is where I, I think I have a line. We've discovered my line <laughs> in the sand, Elvira. I think that's excellent. You know, because it's, ah. 
if you're not going to use some sort of scientific theory, then you're not really using anything factually based. <laughs> well, that's true. I think I have but a it's, problem it's, with that. Again, yeah, because what you're trying to do is you're trying to find, well, let's face it, when science came when science started to come forward as science in different forms, the the religious people, a lot of them, bulk of them, whatever condition, really got pissed off and tried to kill it and kill people. Right. And, you know, so suddenly they're 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 using this is sort of hypocritical actually, in my own personal opinion, to go well, we're going to now use this to try and prove that, yes, we really are right. And I'm like, uh, no, come on. You know, it, it, it just becomes uh, ludicrous. So, yeah, I'm probably right there with you on that one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but bring, bringing up the concept, you know, I mean, it's, it is trying to find ways to, if there is ways to actually prove that these things happened or they were there these were things that um, existed just like they're out there trying consistently to look for Atlantis and Lemuria and Mm -hmm. all the other you know places that have um, disappeared for whatever the reasons were Um, but I personally still you know am very happy with my uh, working with the different animals that come up as, you know, a a spirit animal that I would look at in some form or that has a mythology that works in some way. I mean, they've revisioned vampires. They've revisioned werewolves. Yeah. Come on. You know, and these are part of the mythical, legendary creatures. So, right. I mean... Some of the things of it's funny because both you and I have have read and um, listened to the the uh, All Souls trilogy, and one of the main characters mm-hmm. is uh, a vampire. It's it's about vampires and witches and demons, but not and they're spelled D A E M O N demons demons, right. um, not and. The the concepts and they call themselves creatures. I mean, in, in the essence mm-hmm. of how they describe. But the main character, the male main character, says, "I never have, nor do I. No, I never have, or never will." Sparkle, which you know was a direct <laughs> statement on Stop Twilight, fired. which was a whole, yeah, a whole other thing. Um, but again, we are constantly looking on ways to connect with these creatures in ways, whether they're um, griffins or vampires or, you know, elves or whatever, we're, we're working on it. I mean, you know, they talk about J.R.R. Tolkien and, you know, the dynamic there. I mean, it was, it's, it's, we know there's something that was, that's beyond this world that has that element in it. And we may never be able to bring back a physical, like, this is it. This is real, but we know it. And I think that's why right. these kinds of creatures hold our, our, our interest and our fascination and our excitement. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. um, so, and let's 
see anything else we want to kind of bounce around because I know that this was a this particular section of you know just as I say it was one I just wanted to throw in it wasn't something I wanted you know us to drag through the mud um, but I found it fascinating on how this quote pseudoscience has been brought to bear in areas that I look at for the most part because I know that they've got the TV shows out there and you know ghost mm-hmm. hunters and you know blah blah yeah. blah and the the, the whole thing but. I don't know. I know that having been in the film industry, a lot of things are done just like the reality shows. Do you really think they are really reality shows? They're really reality. Um, You have scripts. You have certain things that are sort of tentatively put together, and then you have to play in that whole thing at that moment. But they have it scripted in some form. So um, the same thing with these particular things. So. You know, it's good, yeah. good TV viewing if you're interested, <laughs> you know. but Yeah, yeah. I, I kinda... think it's an interesting thing to, you know, if you're into this concept, I think it's an interesting thing to watch because you're going to get people who have dedicated their life to um, discovering if these creatures really exist or not. And so you're going to get almost, I'm saying that kind of flippantly, and I don't mean it to sound flippant, but you're going to get almost a, a scientific um, experience, and you're going to get a, mm-hmm. an image or a picture of some creatures that you might have never heard of. You know, um, I was obsessed as a teenager about the Mothman and the Jersey Devil and all of these creatures that live in these different parts of the United States. Uh, it was, it, they're scary and titillating, and it, you know, it's funny to fantasize about the Mothman and whatever, but. We don't. We can't possibly know the expansiveness of this planet. We can't. We can't. Our human minds alone can't even comprehend all that is around us. Just sometimes I just trip out. I'm gonna get kind of geeky here for a second. Sometimes I just trip out on our eyesight and what our eyesight mm-hmm. is capable of seeing. And if you think of other animals that have much better eyesight than we do. And how much mm-hmm. different the world must appear to like an eagle in compared to my pathetic human eyes. I can trip out right. on that concept for hours, not even when I'm stoned, <laughs> like just normal. I can trip right. out on the things that are beyond even that sight or are, are just our pathetic human senses. So I think it's fascinating. And I, some of those shows are gateway drugs to learning more about this whole part of our uh, our ecosphere, I guess, is the word, you know? Right, right. See, and, and we have, and they're all, all of the cultures have had these creatures. Um, and obviously the ones that we tend to, to uh, I think the ones that are more, more romanticized are the ones that come from, you know, Western European and European and uh, Mediterranean and some of the some of those, but you know here in the the, the Americas, my goodness, they have things that are are really fascinating with regards to um, to one of like the uh, chupacabra. I mean that one, of course. Actually, somewhere along the line, I remember some show. Now it was a regular, like a whodunit show. And they yeah. they use that as a 
a situation that they dealt with, and of course, it turns out that it was somebody that had messed up a dog and you know gotten it kind of you know mm-hmm. dressed it up and that kind of a thing. But I mean, when you think about it, these are things that are in our backyard, literally yeah. here. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I was kind of going through the the different things, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember reading about that, or, oh, that's interesting. I never heard of that, because some of these, Mm -hmm. because there are other cultures, I don't necessarily, unless I've gone outside their myths and, you know, kind of picked up on some of their other things. But, again, we keep, you know, coming back to a lot of the things that were put together were things that were scary because, you know, you travelers go out there and they hear things in the dark and they see things that because of, you know, their fear, they've created something even more. And you right. know, to this day, we still have that just in our yeah. everyday experiences. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. But, There's all kinds of things that happen out in the world that, that aren't explainable, but we try to give explanation too because not knowing is scary. Uh, you know, that's, that's where most racism and homophobia and all of that, if, if you take out cultural bullshit, that's where most of it comes mm-hmm. from, that we don't, we don't understand, we don't know, and so we're afraid, and so we put up these defenses and shields so that we have a reason to not be afraid. It's, it, um, the world is, is interesting and fascinating. So, uh, you know, um, yeah, I don't know, just, this topic is tripping me out in interesting ways I didn't expect. <laughs> oh, really? Really? And how? Yeah. How? Yeah. Well, I'm just finding yeah. myself much more fascinated about some of the weirdness of the world than I expected to be. You know, I thought we were going to be like, unicorns, aren't they great? Yeah. And dragons are cool. And, you know, chupacabras are fun <laughs> and interesting. I wasn't expecting to start thinking about, like, the things that go bump in the night and how, you know, maybe it's not just that the house is settling, but there's a creature that lives under the house, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in, in a lot of it, it's, it's kind of like one of the things we were talking about, about the, the, the when I, I guess it's, we call them the humanoids, but, you know, they're the, the little, the, the, the uh, different once the brownies, they're household spirits, okay, and um, they have the same consciousness in the strega with the household, you know, lare, the spirits of the, the, the that are part of the house, you know, and and this is more Scottish and in Northern English, but you know, they inhabit the houses and they aid in tasks, and you know, they can also, you know, if you you know don't give them things, you know, they will. Uh, you know, abandon the house or they will, the owners misuse them and expect them to do too much stuff. They will do bump in the night and stuff. And this is, you, you think about it, you go, well, we saw, I don't remember, there was a, there was a Disney film or some film of that nature that talked about the brownies and they lived in a mm. house and they helped the people. And I remember it only because at one point my daughter as a child was watching it and I was like, oh, look at that, you know, that kind of thing. But right. Yes, you're right. I mean, things are more than, there are more than that. It's kind of like we, we, we do have that process. So, you know, we, we tend to go to things where we have got, you know, we make ourselves aware that there is more because you and I both know if we're doing spiritual work and we're, we're asking different deities or different patterns to come 
hang out or work with us or, you know, have a co-creative process here, um, these mythical creatures, these little guys are going to come around and, and also be part of it because they're attached to whatever the the cultural deities are that we're dealing with. It's not always, mm-hmm. you know, ones that we are like right out there and we go, oh, dragon, yes, I know that. There's a water dragon and an earth dragon and an air dragon, you know, okay, but, you know, right. then there's these other things. But I'm glad that it's kind of working a different route for you. Yeah, it's, I, I was, it's unexpected. I'm rather surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I made notes and, you know, my notes were very simple. It's like I started out as a diagram of what I thought I would be doing. It's like define the, you know, the, the different uh, levels of beasts and animals and, you know, creatures and then go to groups like some of the well-known ones. Well, we, you know, I got to going into it and I'm going, well, we really can't go so far into these that, you know, we could only maybe do one or two and then our whole show is done. So, you know, right. I, I kind of let it open itself up because I just, I just found the, the, the paper that I wrote that set of notes on and I'm laughing looking at the way we've wandered through this, this subject tonight. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. okay, certainly a difference than, you know, either one of us thought. But um, now we do have next week is going to be a rerun for the Beltane. So it's our Beltane um, show because obviously May 1st Beltane will be next week. So that's um, important to let people know. And then um, I don't have, I got my schedule here, but I think we're we're floating on um, after that. We're doing... What are we doing here? A pre-record. We have a pre-record. So we will be doing some interesting shows before that and putting them up because we're going to start doing the the shows that we are going to either be um, involved in as you graduation with, you know, your Mm -hmm. almost adulted child out in the world. And uh, then uh, we will both be off out of the area. So... um, yeah, I was kind of going, oh, look at that. So, but at least, you know, we will have some live ones floating around. I think we have a, a few coming in later in May, but uh, for next week, it will be our bell tape. So, That's right. Tune in and hear and, about it. And then we have actually after next weekend, we have the uh, Hoodoo Heritage Festival over at Lucky Mojo yeah. Curie Company here in Forestville, California. It will be Saturday right. the 11th and Sunday the 12th. Um, yep. And you will be working it. Yes, I'll be helping in the background. I'm not really, You'll be helping um, in the background. Yeah, just, yeah. you know, like yelling at people and uh, giving supplies out and making sure people are where they're supposed to be, you know, like I do. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, like you normally do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It will be the yeah. last one that um, Miss Kat Ironwood will be hostessing at her location. I don't quite right. know. It will wind up, I think, being uh, taken on somewhere else. It never dies. It will just find another another life, but I don't know. That's mm-hmm. a surprise that will kind of come out of the last day. I will be there on Sunday the 12th to um, right. do readings and to, to, to be there for that. And, of course, that is Miss Kat's birthday, too, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it'll be cake. Woo-hoo. Yes. Yay, cake. 
<laughs> Let them eat cake. We will all do that. Well, and the following yeah. Friday, the 17th, it will be our Ask a Witch episode. So if you ah. have been saving up a question for us, think about if you have a question about anything witchy or pagan related that you're curious our opinion on, do write in. We have been getting questions and whatnot. So, you know, not everyone's question will make it, but please do write in and we'll get to as many as we can. Good, good. So I think we are... We are almost at our, our bell tone time. Of course, we don't have yeah. one of those, but um, we will be uh, on our on our broomsticks going off in a way. I um, yeah. find it interesting. But, um, oh, I do share one thing. Last night, um, mm-hmm. my one of my little dogs, uh, I thought she had gotten out and gotten lost. And I was hysterical. My little community here went at, full force and went to look for her and I thought I'd looked I looked at everywhere in the house I was free I was really upset and it turned out she mm. <laughs> she was hiding um that little oh, mink. No. so um I did find her and you know it was but it was as I say the the way the week has closed is closing down I am you know glad the show has been such a wonderful experience because I really needed it yeah Good. So, yeah. But anyway, I think we will we will say au revoir. Um, yes. And, good night. Uh, and everyone, we'll please have a later. safe and one weekend, and we will see you next week on the radio yeah. as a rerun. <laughs> bye. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Our podcast airs live every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific and will be available for download. Questions or comments on this show or ideas for upcoming shows can be sent to our website, and that's at www.witchpriestesscauldron.com. Again, that's witchpriestesscauldron.com. On behalf of Elvira, Phoenix, Alan, and myself, Gwion Raven, a big merry meet and merry part and merry meet again. Blessed be.